I'm speaking this morning, a really a message that I've thought about a lot in the past, and it's the scriptures that I'm going to use are, are pretty familiar. The story, the, the the idea is pretty familiar, but I think it's probably a pretty important concept for us to get our heads around in 2020. For you, maybe, for me, maybe 2020 wasn't what we expected, and for actually, if you look at the news globally. Stuff's happened and is happening that maybe can seem sometimes frightening. It might even seem like, wow, this is out of control. And I think the Bible speaks to those sort of scenarios. The Bible actually speaks to those scenarios that are out of control. There's this old acronym when I was growing up in church. So when I was like in teenage years at youth group and stuff, and they had this acronym for the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me, what's the song, but the acronym went Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. And I can remember it striking me at the time that that's a cool acronym and doesn't everybody love an acronym, but actually it's not a very good description of the Bible because if you read the Bible, it doesn't appear to be very basic. You know, it starts with these historical stories and poems and there's lots of uh, war and catastrophe and murder and God speaking to people and people see visions and visions of, of angels and dragons and monsters and all sorts of things happen in the Bible, adventures and, and all sorts of things happen in the Bible. It doesn't really look like a list of basic instructions. But I think the point is, that within the Bible, in all those stories, in all the excitement of it, there's a whole bunch of things that we can absorb into our life, absorb into our behavior, absorb into our thinking maybe, absorb into our emotional setup, absorb into our vision. And what it does is it creates a shape for us to live our life in um, that I think is really important. It's really important in any other year, but it's also, I think, maybe particularly important when things aren't going according to plan. Maybe it's especially important when things seem like they're out of control. And so that's what I want to get us point our heads at today. And so I'm going to pray and then we're going to read some scripture. And then I've got three key ideas I want to share with you this morning. Um, and I'm really praying that it's a helpful half an hour that we spend together. So let's pray. God, we thank you that wherever anyone's sitting right now or standing right now, Lord, that you're with us. We thank you, God, that you speak. And actually, when you speak, you create new things in us. And I pray this morning, I'm going to be talking, but I pray that you'll be speaking, Lord. I'll, I'll talk to people's ears, but I'm praying, Jesus, that you speak to people's hearts in a transformative way, in a way that sets people free, sets people up for the next thing, uh, sets people moving again. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said... That's your cue to say amen, wherever you're sitting, wherever you're standing. Uh, and then let's, let's look at the Bible. And this is a scripture from the Sermon on the Mount. And it's about building. And this is what Jesus says. He says, this is right at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And if that's Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 7. It's also, lots of those teachings are also grouped together in a sermon in the book of Luke as well, but it's most complete in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Then right at the end, this is what Jesus says. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains come down, the streams rise, and the winds blow, and they beat against the house. So there's this massive storm. Yet, 
the house didn't fall because it had its foundation on the rock. I think it's a beautiful picture about what life can look like. If we build our house on a rock, it doesn't stop the storm coming, right? But because of where the foundation is, the whole structure remains integrated and pulled, held together. That's the picture, right? The alternative is this though, right? If we hear the words of Jesus, but we don't put them into practice, then we are like a foolish man. We could even say a foolish person, although foolish men are much more common than foolish women, right? A foolish man, he builds his house on sand, right? So what's sand? Well, a rock is one thing and sand is another thing, but they're actually the same materials. But a rock is where it's all pulled together and integrated, and sand is where that rock has been spread and dispersed, and now it's tiny grains. And when you build on sand, then the storm comes, you get a different result. So the rain comes, the streams rise up, so there's a flood, the winds blow, and it beats against the house, and then what? So the house falls with a great crash, massive catastrophe for the foolish man who builds house, his house on sand. And what is that? Hearing the words, but not putting them into practice. So the critical point Jesus is making here in this picture is it's the practice that's critical, right? You with me? Good. Lastly, this is what happens. Jesus finishes his whole sermon and the crowd were amazed at his teachings. Right through the Gospels, we see the crowd being amazed by the miracles, but this is different. They're amazed at his teachings and they say this, he taught as one who had authority, not like the teachers of the law. I love, I love this. What it points to is the fact that when Jesus was standing there talking to people, 2,000 years ago, the people in the room were like, wow, this is different. This isn't the same as someone else's teaching. This is another level. And part of the reason we've got these teachings in the Gospels now is because the people right there at the time were like, wow, this is different. Bear in mind, this is just a man standing on a hillside talking. And people remembered it and wrote it down. And it's been passed on from generation to generation to generation. So it doesn't really matter what you believe about the Gospels, what it meant to the people right there and then and what it's meant to everybody for 2,000 years. You, can't, you don't have to believe the Gospels, but you can't just dismiss them. When Jesus said this for the first time, and even as we look at it again 2000, later, 2000 years later, there's something about this little story about the man in his house that means something that's powerful. There's authority in it. There's shape to it where we can say, hey, there's something about this idea. If we can grab it, build it into our own life, it's gonna produce something for us, right? Let's keep looking at some more scripture. The first question you gotta ask yourself is this, what are you building? Right, so if we're gonna build our house on the rock, what are you building? And by building, I'm talking about the practice of your life. Because you have to, you know, if you're a human, you go to bed at night and in the morning you wake up, unless you work night, there's exceptions, but we go to bed, you wake up, you do your day, whatever your day is, right? The alarm goes off and you, you, you have some breakfast, and you have a shower and you go to work or you do your responsibilities. If it's looking after your kids or going to school or university, you do your day and at the end of the day, you finish your day and you start again the next day. But right through that day, you can just be doing a whole bunch of random activities or you can think in your mind, actually, no, from when I wake up to when I go to bed at night, 
I'm building something. There's a project called my life that I'm building. That's what Jesus is saying. Hey, the practice of your life is building something. It's, it's adding up to something. It's really easy to get busy if you're, if you're a parent. It's really easy to forget the future if you're a young person. It's really easy just to be, get, get tired if you're an old person, right? I'm just assuming what it's like for old people because I'm not, I'm not very old, obviously. But it's easy to get just sort of into this humdrum, this mundane space, which ultimately adds up to a slightly meaningless existence of, of going to work, paying the mortgage, retiring and dying, right? But what Jesus is pointing to is, no, you're not just living your life, you're building a thing. There's a thing that you're doing now that's gonna mean something in the future. It's gonna mean something in the ultimate future, but it also means something as you build it right now. And what you're building determines how you build, right? So if you're building a garden shed, you know, you get the kit set from Bunnings and set aside the afternoon, rivet it all together and stand it up. Done. Some of us, I think, are approaching life like we're building a garden shed. If you're building something bigger, you're going to have to think a bit more. You're going to have to have some more skills. You're also going to have to work a bit harder. Also, the bigger the thing is that you're building, the more important it is that you get things right. If you get things wrong with your garden shed, it might be a bit, a, a bit on the angle or it might not be perfectly straight. The door might be a bit jammy. But it doesn't matter if your garden shed, it's really for the lawnmower or everything else. It doesn't matter too much. But if it's your house and it's not very straight and it's not very stable, it's a bit difficult. When, when we're talking about what Jesus is saying here, what we're building, we're building the structure that we live in. Isn't this interesting? You don't just live your life. You live inside your life. Okay, that's hard to explain, but everyone's living inside a different life. So even if you live next door to your twin sister across the road from your mum and dad, you're both going to be building different lives. You're building a different life to your neighbour. You're building a different life to the person you're sitting next to right now. And then the life that you build through your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions, that life you build is the life you live in. And Jesus' point is, the rain's going to come, the river's going to rise, and what you're built on is going to determine whether you fall down or not. And I know that's a hard thing to think about. I, I felt myself fall down a little bit this year in 2020. The, my business disappeared at lockdown and, and then I got a new job, which was an amazing blessing. But actually it's, the change was unsettling and what's, what's God got for me? What's the plan? And you can fall down a little bit on the inside. And maybe you felt that too. You're, you're full of confidence one day, but then it all falls down a little bit. The question is, are we falling down because of the pressure that's coming on from the outside or do we need to think carefully about what Jesus said? When I start to fall down a little bit on the inside, maybe I start getting super anxious. Do I need to worry about the things that happen outside or do I need to think, oh, come on, no, where's the foundation? Where's the strong point of my life, right? And so I'm not accusing you of being foolish if you're feeling like you're falling down, but I'm saying, man, when we start feeling like we're falling down, we could worry about what's happening around us and try and control the universe. Or we could say, okay, no, I can't control all the things around me, but I can put some things into practice, like Jesus said, and get my life on a stronger footing. So that's what we're talking about. So we're building something. This is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians, which I think speaks to it, right? No one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, which is Jesus Christ. So Jesus said, 
we build a house on a rock, right? There's a rock, there's a foundation that we build on and it's already established. It's Jesus Christ. We don't have to think about the foundation of the building. We just build up from there, right? So Jesus gives us a foundation. Then we start building. This is what Paul says. Anyone who builds on the foundation, you're allowed to choose your materials. You can use a variety of materials. And here's some examples. Gold, silver, and jewels. That's my style, right? Or wood, hay, and straw. So that first group of things are precious, hardy, hard-wearing, and hard to get hold of. The other ones are softer, cheaper, and easier to get hold of. So we're either building with expensive, hard-wearing materials, or we're building with cheaper, shorter-term materials and easier to get hold of. I think it's a pretty obvious picture what those two types of materials are like. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. Interesting, the flood is one thing and the fire is another thing. Both those are pictures in the Bible. The flood, Noah's flood, and we heard Jesus talk about the, the, the streams rising up. Floods will test you and fire will test you. That's what judgment day is about. It's about a test. The fire will show if a person's work has got any value. So think about those materials again. What's going to happen to the wood, hay, and the straw? It was all good until there was the fire, right? The gold, the silver, and the jewels. What happens to gold and silver when they get burned? They actually become more valuable and they become more pure, Right, whereas gold, uh, wood, hay, and stubble doesn't improve with fire, it disappears, right? So we're either building with things that are improved by testing or are destroyed by testing. And do you know how we find out? We only find out by testing. If your work survives on judgment day, you're the builder and you will receive a reward. But if your work is burned up, the builder will suffer a great loss. The builder will be saved, so you get saved because of your acknowledgement of Jesus Christ as Lord, right? So you still get saved on Judgment Day, but the thing you built gets burned up. And you get saved like someone escaping through a wall of flames. And we, we don't know that much about what the afterlife it looks like, but it does look like there'll be some people there with singed eyebrows, right? Whatever's going on in the afterlife, some of us will be there smelling a bit smoky with not much hair, right? Because we got through the fire, but the thing we built didn't. We didn't build something with our life that was lasting, that was purifiable, right? What we built was something that was temporary and short-term. So moving on, this is, goes, oh, this is the next verse, right? It says, don't you realize that all of us together are the temple of God? So getting back to that question, what are you building? It's not a garden shed, right? We're not building a garden shed. Our life is not um, something mundane, something practical only. It is practical, but the practical purpose of our life is to create a space for God to dwell. The life that we build, that life that's built out of our thoughts and our feelings, our actions and our relationships, is all of that thing that we're building, is it a space where God is honoured and God can be present? Because that's what we're supposed to be doing, right? And the Spirit of God lives inside us because of what we're building. God will destroy anyone who destroys the temple, for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. So what are you building? And what are you building with? Those are two really important questions when we think about our life. 
This is the message Bible. I like it. I'm just going to read it because it, it adds a bit more color. Remember, there's only one foundation. It's the one that's already laid. Jesus Christ. Take particular care in picking out your building materials. Eventually, there's going to be an inspection. If you use cheap or inferior materials, so cheap thoughts, cheap feelings, cheap actions, inferior thoughts, inferior feelings, and inferior actions, you'll be found out. Because that's what an inspection does. It finds out where the gaps are. The inspection will be thorough and rigorous. You won't get... You won't get away with anything. If your work passes the inspection, you'll be fine. If it doesn't, your part of the building is torn out and is started over again. You won't be torn out. So there's something, our faith in Christ preserves us even beyond our own ignorance and inability, even beyond our own disobedience. God's grace is extended to us when we receive Jesus. But the life we build, the things we produce, God sometimes pulls those things out because they're not acceptable. He knocks some things down because they're not acceptable. The other picture is the floods rise up and blows them away because they weren't sturdy enough. They weren't long-term enough. We'll survive, but only just barely. So the first thing I want to think about this morning is this idea of foundation. If we've only got one foundation to build on, which is Jesus Christ, it means we don't, if we want to build a building that lasts, if we want to build a building that honours God and that is indwelt with His presence, which I hope that's what we want. We want, we want to build a life that lasts. We want to build a life that means something. That's certainly my ambition is that the things I'm doing, the, my thoughts, my feelings and my actions throughout each day, throughout each week, and that they add up to something that God can dwell in. If I'm going to build something like that, I've only got one place to build it. We can sometimes forget, even as Christians, we can forget that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. If we're going to believe in Jesus, there's an exclusivity that says, yeah, there might be some great ideas in Buddhism. There might be some great ideas in Hinduism. There might be some wonderful things we can learn from, uh, from humanists and all that sort of stuff. And we don't deny that as Christians. In fact, the Bible says we own all the good ideas, right? That's what Christians do. We own all the good ideas. But actually, when it comes to the centrality of our faith, it's Jesus. That Jesus was the Son of God, born of a virgin, that he lived a human life, fully God and fully man, that he was crucified on our behalf to pay the penalty for our sin. This is the foundation. It's a specific thing that Jesus himself was King of kings and Lord of lords. So Christians don't deny that there's other great things. There are other kings. There are other lords. But Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's supreme over all creation, the Bible says. That's what we, that's, that's where we build our life. You can sort of think, well, I'm, I want to build just off to the side. Well, you can. You can always do whatever you want. But the question is, what happens when the rain comes and the floods come and the fire comes, right? That's when you're going to think, well, maybe I should have built on the foundation. And it's not about rules, although it is about rules. But it's not about rules that are restrictive, although they are restrictive. They're not restrictive to be restrictive. They're restrictive to be effective. They're restrictive to be stronger. They're restrictive to be safer almost. We build our house on the foundation that is Christ because that's the rock. And the other things, a little bit of this and a little bit of that, that's more like sand, right? 
Jesus is the central figure of all human thought, of all God's activity on earth. Jesus Christ lived, He died for our sins, He was buried in the ground three days and He rose again. He's now ascended to the right hand of the Father. He is supreme God over all things. That's what we believe as Christians. If you don't believe that, we still like, I still like you, we still like you, but that's not Christianity. You don't, if you don't believe that Jesus is the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, that's fine, because one of the things we believe as Christians is that we love people, right? So we still love you. But when it comes to following Jesus, that's what we build on. We build on that foundation, that strong point. The thing about a foundation, once a foundation's laid, it sets the parameters left and right for the building. I don't know if you've seen a foundation that you sort of dig it into the ground. I'm thinking of a concrete foundation. You dig it into the ground and you put the boxing up and the steel reinforcing and a bit of polystyrene so you don't get cold. And then you pour the concrete in and the concrete goes hard and then the building starts here and it moves over here and it finishes here. The thing about our Christian faith is it has edges. The building only goes this far and the building only goes this far. And I think that the Christian faith is what we would say is a broad faith. There's a whole bunch of different ways you could approach life within the foundation that's still Christian, right? Being, we believe in Jesus, that He's Son of God, born of a virgin, right? Died a redemptive death for us, was resurrected and ascended. There's still a whole lot of things you can, like some Christians are vegetarians, some Christians are, eat meat, some, some Christians sing hymns and some Christians sing gospel music, right? Some Christians don't sing well at all, right? But within the shape of Christianity, there's this vast array of styles and practices and cultural things that are all perfectly, uh, perfectly good, wonderful to celebrate, but there are still edges, right? There's still these hard edges to Christian faith where it's like, yeah, this is Christian faith and we can build here. This is the foundation that we've got. But this idea over here doesn't really fit in the parameters. And finding out where those edges are is important. Deciding where, you th- where those edges are is important because we're trying to build a temple for God. We're not trying to build a whole series of lean-to garden sheds and outhouses. It's not a, it's not a shanty town we're trying to build at Equipus Church. We're trying to build this temple of God. You build a bit, I build a bit but we're all building within the same foundation. And one of the hard edges that's being tested in New Zealand at the moment is this idea of the sanctity of human life. Well, that's a hard edge as far as I'm concerned. Another big one is, in, is gender identity. There's a hard edge. The Bible's really clear. The revelation of God's really clear. Biology's really clear that God creates people, men and women. Now, we love everybody's expression of gender. Like, I'm, you can express your gender however you want, but the truth remains, hey, this is what it looks like in the Bible. This is our foundation. And like Paul said, it's not really down to me to choose. It's the foundation that we've been given, which is Christ. So there is a foundation and it's rock solid. It's broad, but it still has edges, right? And those edges aren't there to just to be restrictive, they do restrict us, but they're there to strengthen. So think about, think about the building of your life. You can build it as high as you want with the best materials you can imagine, but you can't build it as wide as you want, right? There's a shape to life that's Christian. Now I've just pointed out too, there's a whole bunch of, there's a few edges. 
where we say, hey, you know, we actually believe in the value of human life, even when it's inconvenient. We actually believe that God created men and women, male and female, He created them. That's what we believe. Now, you can think about it a whole different ways and the highest, the high floors of the building say that we can love everybody, but we can't embrace every idea because some ideas are wrong. I can be wrong and you can be wrong. That's the nature of ideas. There are some good ones and bad ones and there are right ones and wrong ones. And when we build our life, if we want to build a life that lasts, if we want to build a life that God dwells in, we want to be aware of the foundation. We want to be aware of the edges. Otherwise, we might find ourselves building a life that's a garden shed leaning on the side of the building rather than be building the building itself. One of my favourite things about um, New Zealand, one of the cool little funny quirks about New Zealand is that lots of, uh, lots of um, modern New Zealand, so like uh, uh, European settlement New Zealand, a lot of it was designed in the Northern Hemisphere and they design it, a road plan, and then they bring it to Wellington, the plans, and they try and build this road plan on the side of the hill. And the other great place they did it was Dunedin where they designed the streets and everything and they built the buildings. But the weird thing about Dunedin is some of the buildings are facing south, right? Because they were designed in the Northern Hemisphere. So they designed them facing south and they were thinking in their mind, oh, that'd be great because we'll design it facing south because the sun will come in. And so just if you are listening from the Northern Hemisphere, just, just be aware that the sun for us is towards the north, right? Because of, uh, we haven't got time to explain it, but the, the world is round. Okay, so I, I don't want to, let's not get into that, but buildings in New Zealand need to face towards the north so that they can receive the sun into the building, right? Which is important if you're trying not to freeze to death. And the same with our life. When we build on the foundation that's, that is Christ, we'll f- we build within the edges of that. We find ourselves facing a direction that allows the warmth of His presence into our world. Again, it's not about restriction. It's not about rules. But this morning, I wanna challenge your thinking. Have you built, are you building your life on the foundation that's Christ? All of us have got good ideas. I have good ideas. You have good ideas. You can read good ideas on the internet. And I think you should engage with ideas. You should read stuff, listen to podcasts. But when it comes to your actions, your thoughts and your emotions, what are they revolving around? Are they revolving around Christ, the center of the universe, God Himself, fully man, fully God, died in your place to set you free? Or is your life revolving around some other ideas? Oh, I need to do this to make money, or I need to do this to fit in, or we need to figure out how to embrace this new idea into our structure of thinking as Christians. It can be a bit esoteric what I'm talking about. You can get into the, the debates that may be a political or the debates that are philosophical. But actually, you don't live your life in politics and you don't live your life in philosophy. You live your life, when you wake up in the morning, what are you thinking about? What are you feeling? And what what actions are you taking? What do the relationships look like? Is it within the foundation that is Christ? Probably the best place to start is Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 7. Throw in the Ten Commandments. Read the examples of the Old Testament heroes. Read the Gospels. Read the Epistles. You can read those and get a shape. Oh, this is what Christian life looks like. 
And you've all got access to the Bible to read that, the audio Bible, to listen to it, think about what does it mean. But actually, the life you live is going to be inside the life you build. So the question you've got to ask is, what are you building it on? Are you building your life on a whole bunch of scattered ideas or are you building your life on something firm, a footing, a, a, that is this foundation that is Christ? And this morning, I, I really want, I do want to provoke you, I want to challenge you. And I think this is something I think about a lot. It provokes me. My thoughts, my, my feelings, my actions, my words, are they within the shape that is Christ? Are they on the foundation that's Christ? Because we'll find out, don't we? We find out when we're tested what we've been building on. And those are the three things to think about. The foundation, what is it you're building on? The edges, do you know where the edges are? And where are you facing? Is your life faced towards the sun that is Christ that allows the warmth of His presence into your world? Or do you need to actually spin this thing around a little bit? Maybe move out of your garden shed and think, I'm going to stop building with wood, hay, and start building with gold, silver, precious stones. Let, let, me, let me pray for you. So maybe you want to close your eyes and, and, and just identify yourself. You don't have to lift your hand. You don't have to stand up. You're welcome to. But what I want you to do is identify yourself in your heart and say, yeah, no, this, there's something God's speaking to me this morning about how I'm building. Let's turn our attention away from the storm and think about the structure of our life that we're living in. Could we... Could we improve it? No doubt. No doubt we could improve it. Is it all wrong? Probably not. It's probably not all wrong, but it's definitely not all right. There's some things we can improve on. There's some shape we can improve. There's some quality we can improve in our building. So if you know that you just identify yourself, I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you that God would speak to you this morning and direct you in the things you can adjust to shift the shape of your life into a building that's strong, permanent and it's filled with the presence of God. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank You for every person listening. Uh, the guys in the, in the movie theatres, uh, Lord, I pray they're having a good time. And Lord, I pray that You're speaking to the people watching from home, maybe by themselves, maybe with friends. Lord, I pray for each and every person who can identify, Ben, that there's a challenge for them this morning in what's been shared. God, I pray that we have the courage to pick up the challenge and also pray that our eyes would be open to a vision of the temple that we are supposed to be building, that we could be part of building with our life. Lord God, that we'd give up our garden shed plan and that we'd engage a life where we're building a temple, a temple that's made with gold and silver and precious stones, but more importantly, a temple in which you're pleased to dwell. Lord, I, Lord, I pray that you're probably speaking to every person in a different way about things to maybe stop doing, things to maybe start doing, thoughts to stop thinking, thoughts to start thinking. And Lord, we trust you that you're able to speak to us and that we can listen. And just like Jesus said, we can practice the things that you teach us to do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.